You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests, all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws That Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk. Now. Hello and welcome to The Watch. My name is Chris Ryan. I am an editor at TheRinger.com. And joining me in the studio, my special counsel, mm. it's Andy Greenwald! Not since the halcyon days of Clark Griswold, as a man in his <laughs> 40s returned from such a momentous European vacation. Look kids, Big Ben Parliament. I'm back! What's up, man? I got to tell people, Chris is back with a new attitude. It's a little more cosmopolitan. Yeah, I think so. He's dressed well. Yeah. He's got a great set of slacks on. I got socialized medicine. Yeah, how's that? It's great. I got everything fixed over there. It's kind of amazing because I think people who have been listening as you've you know, been traversing the globe have understood that your circadian rhythms have been a little off. Yeah, I know. I but, know. but whatever you did to get in game shape for this morning is working. Grown men were coming up to me with tears in their eyes saying, sir, <laughs> yeah. do you wish to revise your takes on the idol now that you've had some sleep? Okay. And do you want to, do you want to go on the record? I stand by everything I said. It's fucking great. It was a perfect phone call. <laughs> it was great. And also I want to say that, first of all, it's, it's, it's just, it's wonderful to disagree with you. I think people love it. Yeah. They love friction. Yeah. I do worry that as many people who listen know, you have a very powerful movement behind you, much like the man you're quoting, the uh, the CR heads movement. Uh-huh. Now, and I want to be clear, I want to, much like our president, Joe Biden, I want to distinguish the CR heads from the larger <laughs> watch listenership. You know, I'm not, okay. I'm not saying everyone is the same here. Uh-huh. But from my brief research, the CR heads You are, should not do this. You, you, I don't want you to disassociate too much. I just want to say they're up in arms about my mistreatment of you and your very, very beautiful opinions that you expressed about The weekend. I remember what I said about The weekend. I yeah. don't really remember. Your reaction was annoying to me, but yeah. I think because sure. I was so under-rested, I don't remember wh- what like you did. So you were just like, this guy can't act his way out of a coffin, right? Yeah. And then I was like, no, he's compelling. Yeah. And then we got into a disagreement because you were like, you're carrying water for Big Weekend, right? Well, I did suggest that you were under the thumb of the Toronto Mafia in some way. <laughs> that Masai Ujiri and others had... had others. I, I don't know who else is up there. Pascal Siakam. Like, Pascal Siakam. About? Yeah. Um, not Drake, but, but Forty, his yeah. producer, yeah. you know, was involved. And they were paying you. And then to take, you know, from your... Your people have your back. Uh-huh. Your people? Your, your, your supporters. Uh-huh. And they were like... Um, they, I, according to them, I was like, Chris, your ideas are bad and your opinions are invalid. No, that's not true. I know that you respect me. 
I, I, I broadly respected you up until the moment you decided I wonder whether or not, to though, build your house on Able Island. Do you think that us fighting about the idol every Monday, like really fighting about it, would be good content? Yes. Yeah, probably. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for five to six weeks of that? I think it's going to be problematic for me just in case like this show really goes off the rails, but I'm holding on to the last yeah. car as we go off the cliff. Bucky, yeah. Bucky Barnes style. You know what I mean? Things worked out for him. <laughs> it took a while. It did. <laughs> okay, but did. in the end, he's the white wolf. Here's what I want to do today. Okay. You are driving this car on the wrong side I'm of the back. road, but you're driving the car. Uh, yeah. Here's what I want to do today. I want to talk a little bit about like the, the HBO Max to Max switchover, mm-hmm. um, just because I've been uh, using the service for a couple of days. Everybody loves Chris's uh, user experience reports. Yes. Um, like no. I'm a little bit of a wire cutter, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and uh, we were going to talk a little bit about TV that's coming up because we've got like a nice run of shows mm-hmm. in the next six weeks, eight weeks. It's um, We still have not feeling any effects from um, the labor shortage. No. The, the writer strike, the labor shortage, the labor strife. Sometimes um, you feel labor shortage at like LA's best small plates restaurants. Yeah, you can tell that mm-hmm. that, that waiter is really like under the gun. They're slammed. <laughs> They're slammed. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Um, but I thought this would also be a good opportunity since we're in June mm-hmm. to look back wow. and maybe do a little bit of a survey. Now you got nervous when I was like, "Let's do best TV of the year so far." I, in my defense, I get nervous whenever you suggest a, a plan. Yeah, but I thought we could just make this more of like a survey. Okay. You know, like a kind of where are we? What have we seen? What have we experienced? What have we done? Uh, just for a little bit of admin, on mm. Monday, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do the Top Chef finale, hopefully with a guest. That would be great. And we're also going to talk about uh, the Spider-Verse movie, Chris. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to think about liking television yeah. in the afterglow of seeing uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which I did with my daughters yesterday. and. Best thing I've seen since Hamilton on Broadway? Maybe. You went went dark for a few hours on me. I was on the flight back. uh, And I just didn't hear. I was like, oh, he usually likes to chat me up. We like to chat each other up when we're flying. Yes. We're Uh, we're a nice anchor for each other. And then, uh, you know, I got nothing. And then you you hit me with like, I I went in one man and I came out another. It is so good. It is so purely. It's great. It's more than good. It is so great. It made me feel alive to the possibility of art in mainstream contemporary America again. Like, good. I am fucking rocked by how good Do this movie Do I need was. to have seen the first one to understand what's going to happen? Why would you deny yourself the pleasure of the first one? Well, because yes. then I have to and watch like four and a half hours of Spider-Man. Lucky Chris. <laughs> lucky, lucky you. Yeah, you should watch the first one because it is also incredible. But also, one of the reasons why this is so good is that, look, we're, we're like past year 20 of our entire culture being driven by superhero stories, the same beats, and we're in year five or six of multiversal stories, mm-hmm. but we're also it's working in out for everybody. entire generational, uh, we're still having this generational upheaval of like all trilogy, all movies have to be trilogies and they have to follow the original Star Wars template where the second one can get dark, but it's, cons- this is the first movie that makes a case for any of that shit. And I feel so, and I, you, you said, don't step up, don't burn your takes, I won't. I just, I just felt really deeply after walking out of that theater that like all this bullshit, some of which we've liked, some of which we haven't liked, and some of which was Eternals, mm-hmm. none of it matters. These are the movies that got it right, and these are the ones that will be held up. You know what? That would be actually a good pod for us. These are the movies that got it right. Or these yeah. are the these are like the sort of like the Hall of Fame of the 08 to 23 
superhero run? Like, okay. what are the ones that actually you think are are timeless, or will what you're going to take with you? I would I would even go further. I don't want to give free content to our our pals Sean and Amanda, but uh-huh. like, like really, what is the canon? What is the 21st century mainstream pop culture canon? From cinema, like what? What movies oh, are we? Are yeah, we, well, I think we I feel like that's what the big picture has been doing as their project. Yeah, I mean that is, of course, that is their cura- curatorial <laughs> project. But I think they, but they go week to week, and I'm like looking back, like which franchises, which which of these individual things actually do we think is going to last beyond the kind of transactional? Yeah, short-term. so like when you got the Vision Pro strapped to your face. <laughs> <laughs> It's 2042. There are wildfires in Philadelphia. Yeah. What do you, what do you, you've thrown on Logan? It's, it's Roots Picnic. <laughs> State Prop is reuniting once again. Yeah. Does Tim Cook listen to our podcast, do you think? No. I, okay. Uh, you could have been like, we don't know. I think we it's We can't no. say. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a big proponent of this idea that Helen Mirren listens to the rewatchables. Did, did I ever tell you that? No. Yeah, that's my take. You, do you think that's... I think because Bill and I did Proof of Life right. once and that Taylor Hackford directed Proof of Life. Yeah. Tony Gilroy wrote it. And uh, Helen Mirren is... Uh, Taylor Hackford is Mr. Ma- Helen Mirren. Yes. And Tony Gilroy wrote Bill a note that was like, you know, Taylor Hackford told me I had to listen to this. And I was just like, the chances are... Yeah. There is a chance that they were... Helen Mirren and Taylor Hackford were driving yeah. around listening they, to this. They got and she the, was like, these guys are great. They got in the RAV4. Yeah. Just to like go up to the weekend house. <laughs> and they were like, she's like, who's this? <laughs> who's this chap? Um, I, we, by the way, remember the last time that happened when we were like just really glowing up on ourselves over like the potential of, of like sound leakage going into someone's ears is when I feel like J. Smith Cameron said that she was listening to us talk about succession. And we were like, Kenny Lonergan. Oh, yeah. Kenny Lonergan, big watch guy. Yeah. And I think we've influenced his work in a lot of ways. When Tony wrote the note to Bill, did he then write you a second note being like, just FYI, I wrote a note to Bill? No. Me either. (laughs) (laughs) Me either. Um, This week, uh, rather than see uh, Spider-Verse across, Uh is it into the, across the Spider-Verse? So the first movie is Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and now we're going across it. But then, beyond. What do you mean? Like, that's the third one? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I can't wait. When's yeah. that due? 2024. Okay. That's soon. Is it? 2024 is soon. There's some aspects of 2024 I want to come quickly, like the Spider-Verse movie, and there are others. Like November? Like the end of the American <laughs> experiment that I'm not looking forward to. Lots so of stuff could happen between now and then. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, the Tim Cook thing was just, you were referring to their debut of a thing that straps your face and leeches all humanity from you for $4,000? Yeah. Tim Cook, W-Y-D. What are you doing? What are we doing? Uh, You know, I try to have an open mind about these things. Yeah. Because I guess the only thing that I probably was ever like unimpeachably, this is just a fucking great idea and salute to you is the iPod. Yeah. Those are great. Well, I mean, computers are good too. But like the iPod was the the invention. Was the invention that I was like, Mm -hmm. yo. I can have all these songs here with yeah. this dial. Yeah, and you can play like Arkanoid or Worm sometimes on that first. I never played games, but uh, so that's been chill. <laughs> wow, what a dismissal! No, on on the iPod. No, the first one. I was just I was just being cute. You know, I was, I was like, a console stuff. guy. You know, I was a, an <laughs> Xbox dude. You know, you were still hearing that baby crying <laughs> in Max Payne twenty four seven in those years. <laughs> she, okay, she haunts me. Go on. I don't know. I should. Don't know if he's a she or he. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? I have an open mind. And I also am a guy who, as I get older, you know, like I want, I think sometimes I want my experience to just be like a little bit more sensory 
deprivation. Like, or like, like, like you want to go in a tank? Well, I just kind of was like, I was thinking about the other day because I was watching something on my big screen and then I put my AirPods in to have that be like the speaker. So I, you know, Bluetooth oh. linked my AirPods to my TV. Whoa. And it was a very rich experience mm. and I loved it. You know, and I, I just, you kind of like lose yourself in, in the, I was, I, honestly, I was watching 100 Foot Wave. Okay. And I was like, this is about as happy as I can possibly be. Do you, was the one thing missing fake eyes looking out on the room? So Phoebe came in and she was like, can I get you anything? You could just turn to her. First of all, the idea of Phoebe being like, can I get you anything? I know. <laughs> that, was, that was an inaccurate read. I, lo- I love you, Phoebe. She doesn't listen to the watch. <laughs> that was the best part. You, this is the safe space. No, sometimes she'll be like, someone told me that you were talking about me, but I I, I, get that. I think she knows I adore her. I, 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 I think... Um... But she's never like, do you want some water or no. anything like that? No, um, I, I just don't understand what, why everyone is just like being a gleeful pallbearer for humanity. Like, why is everyone so excited? I saw this picture uh, last week of like the bright boys at OpenAI just like coming up with the next fucking Cracker Jack idea. And I wanted to like do a, a just lay that picture next to a still from um, Oppenheimer. <laughs> you know, it's just like <laughs> useful idiots at any time in American history being like, neat. Is there his lunch free? <laughs> that's that's my take. So you have no desire to strap that thing on and watch, say, Black Mirror on it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't. I don't want to. There are a few things that I want to strap on. You uh-huh. know, like just broadly. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned. Um, I saw the Spider Verse movie recently, and uh, saw it at a at a movie theater in like a like a big ass screen one, like a real big one. And I definitely during the Maria Menounos minutes. Mm-hmm. I was having like low grade panic attack of just like how much was being screamed into my eyes and how close I was. When, like when the, the pre movie commercials, the commercials, and there was the trailers, and the trailers was just yelling. Uh-huh. Just, it was just robots yelling. There was so much fucking Beast Wars. You sound like a thousand I know, years old, right? But now. I was like, I think I have to move back because this is enough now. And then the movie started, and that movie warrants like a rich experience, uh-huh. but. I, I, I'm going to, my pivot, you're, you're turning more European, which is really reading the culture well, I think. That's what people want. And I'm just going to be like, fuck it, I'm old. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we'll see. I think that will be another source of tension for us, this generational divide. Do you know what this actually, this pivot really works for, though? Uh, Our long-term pursuit of Helen Mirren, because she is both. To be like a She's European and old. Yeah, that's And right. she'll be like, this is charming. Yeah. Um, so while I was in Europe, no big deal. By the way, uh, take a minute. Uh, I couldn't watch HBO Max. Uh-huh. So I wasn't there. One day it was there. One, the next day it was gone because it had turned into Max. And I had access to it for a second. So HBO Max existed in Europe? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the website did. I don't know right. if I could have. I was able to watch Barry in Sweden. And then the next day it went to Max. And they were like, we are not yet available in your country. Mm. And thank you to everybody who reached out who was like, uh, I think I can hook you up with a way to watch Succession or a way to watch Barry and stuff like that for, via various... Via, via various... Usernames and passwords. And I was channels. just like, you know what? I appreciate that, but like, I respect Casey too much to do that. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I don't think password sharing is moral. You also, you're also like, my opinions on these finales is not necessary on the public record. <laughs> like, that was, that was your bulwark. Like, that's what you knew. I know. I'm like the Mark Meadows of Succession finale takes. <laughs> 
<laughs> no one knows. Only Kaya has taken my testimony. <laughs> no one knows who you've been talking to about it. <laughs> That's right. It's sealed. Um, but I got back, and when I got back, obviously, you know, the, the service had changed. I, we don't do a lot of conversation about, like, the nuts and bolts and functionality of these things, although I'm weirdly increasingly getting interested in it. But also, last time we did it, you were like, guys, clear out for a second. Let me just tell you how great Prime Video is. <laughs> Still think it, I still think it works pretty well. So Canadian Amazon yeah. is, is underwriting you right now. Um, so I got back and uh, was hanging out with my mom on the East Coast for a couple of days. And we uh, I, I was able to, to dip into Max because mm-hmm. uh, we just decided to honor, honor the greatest generation by firing up Band of Brothers. Wow. Uh, so I watched a few of those. Man, that is, that is still like a pretty perfect piece of television. Did you watch that when it came out? I watched... Some of it when it came out, and then I filled in some gaps. But I, I, I it is not as uh, fresh. It's still, on the it's still also one of the wildest experiences just to watch Band of Brothers and be like, "That's Andrew Scott." Yeah, they were, all, they were all there. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was really strange to see Band of Brothers and Barry and somebody somewhere against Beat Bobby Flay and Doctor Pimple Popper mm-hmm. and this kind of new thing on Max where it's the Discovery and Food Network and HGTV content. Yeah, this- this Mike. is my experience the first night when I like fired it up to watch the succession finale and it said uh for you and it said succession final episode then it said penguin dynasty <laughs> <laughs> cool it's going to go great this is fine um you know and and I think that in some ways I was kind of like this is this is actually nice like I I'm not above firing up beat mm-hmm. Bobby Flay when I'm just like I, I got 20 minutes to kill by the way every time you say it I think you're saying bebop Bebop, Bobby Flay, <laughs> but go on. So like a, a kind of like a yeah. Wayne Shorter soundtrack. It's kind of freeform. It's improvisational. Uh, are you a Bobby Flay guy? Uh, I spent, as you know, I was a real Food Network uh, head mm-hmm. for like 15 years and then stopped. I just completely stopped watching that network when I stopped watching linear TV. So I... I don't know. Has Chopped iterated? Like, I don't even know. I don't know, because I think also anytime you're watching Food Network, you might be watching an episode from 2011. That's true. So I I, I am well-versed in the Bobby Flay canon, but I have not been keeping up. So the tabs at the top of Max that you can see, it's basically like home, and then it's like series, movies, HBO are the tabs at the top. Mm -hmm. And then somewhere in the middle there, there are these, this band of like the channels that they have, HGTV, um, Discovery, Magnolia, shout out, shout out my guy Chip. Yep. Um, we still got to get to the bottom of that Larry McMurtry story. It's a long-term project for us. Uh, HBO, the Max, the HBO Max titles, I don't super think, have, they're no longer a dis- distinguishing those, I don't think. Right. Although I guess the other two is back soon, and that's a Max. I'm not really sure. But I just wanted to ask you if you had that experience where, you know, you, you don't have like a sentimental attachment to a screen on your Apple TV or your laptop or whatever. Yeah. But it is strange. The first thing that jumped out at me was like, this, is Net- this looks like Netflix. Not necessarily visually, but in terms of the uh, spectrum of content being thrown at you, which for the entirety of my experience with HBO, uh, that, was not, that, was, that was the counter to that. HBO is all about curation, and HBO yes. is all about like I- the best sports documentary, the best true crime documentary, the five best prestige TV shows and the funniest stand-up and the funniest this and that. And like this kind of like very, very manicured lawn. Yes. And now it's kind of like wild gardening, buddy. I think there's a couple takeaways. My, my first one 
you're talking about what you, what our responses were when we turned it on. Why'd they get rid of the purple? Like, mm. what focus group suggested that? Why make it the same color as six of the other TV streaming apps? Right. It, that is, it seems minor, but that's bizarre to me. And it, maybe that is intentional. Maybe it's like, oh, we are a superstore, like everything else, and we just, you know, we just have a lot of stuff. I think, to your point about, like, being able to find or curate the HBO thing, I think it signals a couple couple aspects of the decision-making, some of which won't be fully realized, I think, for another year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, one is I continue to believe that the de-emphasis of HBO within this larger project is intentional and an attempt to save HBO as a distinct brand identity. Okay. I, I know that seems counterintuitive. And when I've talked to some people about it, they're like, oh, what a sad thing that HBO isn't even the name of the service anymore. I continue to think, although this might be only playing to some industry heads or people like us who think about this, I think that the larger the larger goal is to be prepared, A, for what's coming, which is um, there's going to be significant, I think, downsizing in terms of how many services there are. Mm-hmm. Um, consolidation. Consolidation is the word, yes. I also think there's going to be consolidation in terms of how we get this stuff. I feel like we are building back towards a bundle. Mm-hmm. We are going to be recreating cable in some form. And so taking HBO out of it so that Max is just, like I was saying, it's like a superstore. It's so that we get to a point where, like like they just got to in New York City where I saw when I was there, there was a, remember when every corner was a Dwayne Reed? Mm-hmm. And then every other corner was a Walgreens or whatever? Now it's, I saw Dwayne Reed by Walgreens. <laughs> it's like bespoke curated Dwayne Reed. For all the people who are like, I'd like to go in here. Is the deodorant not behind a plastic uh, This is my thing. I'd, I'd like to go in here and get some like, Crest Fresh Strips and also sushi, but I'm worried. Does this is this underwritten by Walgreens, a brand I trust a lot more? Oh, phew. Okay, here I go. I I think that that we're 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 getting to that place where where Max and what's on Max might get swallowed into Peacock or vice versa or Paramount. Something like that is going to happen, and I think that they are trying to protect that HBO is still this distinct brand identity. Yeah, and I think you can, if you click on the, t- the HBO tab at the top of the Max interface, mm-hmm. it looks not dissimilar to what it looked like six weeks I, ago. I, I do think that it is a strange moment to take the snapshot for the experience because we are carrying our memories, both, you know, in terms of like good experiences with culture, but also our brand affiliation memories over from cable when mm-hmm. you would go to HBO or then even like HBO Go or HBO Now or whatever it was called when there was just HBO on demand, basically, right? Um, but also, like when Casey was here with us and we keep re- referencing this, it was very striking how he was still talking as if his job was to program the crown jewel of cable television one to two nights a week right? and that everything else was max. So I think that that is still what we think of when we think of the brand, it's weird that there's no place to just experience that right now. And I, I, my guess is where it is right now was not where it will be in uh, a year or two. I think the other thing to remember is it's not just that stuff's being pulled off of these streamers. Some stuff, some shows are being pulled off of streamers to be sold again. Mm -hmm. Five or six years ago, when everyone was bullish on making their own streaming networks, they all pulled their content. Like you used to be able to watch the early seasons of The Wire on Amazon Prime. You used to be able to watch Marvel movies on Netflix. Everybody pulled their, pulled everyone back, pulled everyone back into their own silos. That's not financially prudent. So some HBO shows, I would imagine, not just Westworld on the, the fast yeah. network, but some HBO things are going to be sold again and licensed. 
So I think it's I think they're probably trying yeah, to Yeah, I'm just I, to to Tubi like to what? Like I mean because if you're talking about an era of consolidation, which I think you're right about, I wonder like how many homes there will be for this stuff. I mean, it is kind of, I mean, I, it, it, it is a miracle of, a really kind of sad miracle of today where it's like everything is at your fingertips. Like mm-hmm. if you get home, you know, I, I watched, I saw John Wick in the theaters, John Wick chapter four a couple weeks ago. And then I was on the flight and I was like, oh, I, I just want to watch John, Donnie Yen. So I watched John Wick chapter four again. And then I was like home and I was, I was sort of like, oh, I kind of want to watch two. I haven't watched two in a while. Wow. And two is only available for streaming on Tubi. Like okay. you can you can rent it, yeah. But we are back. It's and that's always shifting, right? Like the mm-hmm. licenses are are very they're they're very temporary. Like you know, Spider Verse. To your point, like I was like looking for that. That's only streaming on FX's like app. On yeah, it used to be on Netflix. Yeah, so it's like it's just it's just you're always kind of catching up with that stuff. And I've noticed also a couple of the things that I've purchased as um you know nine ninety nine on Amazon like that the licenses for that as like, th- it's pretty rare, but that can disappear too. Yeah, and I, and I think there's another way to look at this and, and we can go back to the max part and and when we have our, maybe if the writer strike and potential actor strike is ever resolved, we could do like, a, okay, so what's next kind of conversation. Right. But I think one other aspect that is less discussed about things disappearing is that disappearing content is actually a intentional move towards profits that we're going to return to. Do you remember the Disney vault? Mm-hmm. When the idea of holding something for a while for, and making cre- creating scarcity to create demand. Yes. When we were, not kids, when we were teenagers and like the home video market was booming more, Disney made a, had, it was a kind of a brilliant strategy that I think they learned from um, drug dealers, which is they would make, a movie would be in theaters and then it would be on home video for a limited time. Yes. And then it would vanish. Right. And then they would wait five or six years and then they would like, like Cinderella clean it up it, back in theaters for a few weeks. Yeah. And then you can buy it for a limited time. And they and were like 80 bucks. Yeah. They were like big, those big plastic cases. Yeah. I have a lot of copies of Cinderella, by the way, that I need to offload. So if anybody <laughs> wants to hit me on Chris's personal Reddit, <laughs> on, on, I will. On various. Um, so uh, anyway, so I, I think that that strategy probably makes sense. Yeah. Like, is, is it, what is it doing for Disney right now to have every major blockbuster they've made in the last 20 years just there. They don't think that you're for people to watch I mean, multiple it, times. What it's doing is it's giving you value for your monthly investment in Disney Plus. Like that's, that's what, the thing. It's that's like, what it's giving us. Yeah. But what's it giving them? And you know, I am I'm always on the side of the suits and I want them to do well. Right. So I want that I want their bottom I detect lines. Some sarcasm there. Do you? A little bit. Yeah. That's because you're more attuned to a European sensibility, where it's like a cutting, cutting humor. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so so are you pro Max? Are you anti Max? What do you, or is it just doesn't matter anymore? I don't, I don't really know that it matters. You know, like I mean, I, I was, I was messing around, looking around yesterday. I kind of got uh, lost doing a, a a scan through my favorite No Reservations episodes. That's nice. So I watched like Mexico, where he takes Carlos's. Uh, his chef at Lehal, he takes him back to Mexico. Yeah, that goes to Pueblo. With and him. I watched the U.S. Desert one where he hangs out with Queens of the Stone Age in oh, yeah. Joshua Tree, and and they go to like uh, Pappy and Harriet's and stuff. And I was like, oh man, I I'm just gonna watch Bourdain all night if I don't don't stop now. But I was just impressed because it was just like it, to your point, like 
if you like having Food Network on as a nightlight, like now it's like you don't have to have an Ozempic ad every 30 seconds, you know, which is essentially my mother's experience of watching it on cable. Also, much like the Disney movies being available, you've already bought Ozempic. <laughs> so you don't need more. Yeah, but it's French Ozempic. Oh, Ozempic. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. You know, I, I wonder, and this is, I, I'll That just this. makes it so that you can smoke, though. <laughs> French Ozempic is just smoking, right? Yeah. Just smoking a lot. Um, I wonder too. I, look, this, well, let's save most of this for our, our, our big conversation about user interface experiences. But I was thinking about like Apple's play in this, and really, as we, as as we're as the TV industry is counting on the consumer to just pay money to have these open, just to have like to pay for the window to open, so they can have this trough of stuff mm-hmm. and as many troughs as possible. How do even the things within the troughs like? pop out unless you are already within that silo and you get a kind of a glimpse from that like if you are like I am an Apple TV user and you go to the you press the button that's just the the TV icon and then it says a lot of originals uh, Apple originals but it also says continue watching or new for and you and it pulls from the other it services from the other so you can services. watch it through Apple right and I don't know what kind of agreement there is between these services there might not be fully be one yet although I, I think there's probably some payment to be prominent like Max was on the top of the app store the day it launched, for example. But I was thinking about how you know, Google pays Apple to be the search bar. Mm-hmm. And that, that payment is estimated to be 8 to $12 billion a year. That's it can't be a year. Why not? Billions of dollars every year. Okay, yeah, it is. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, that is insane. Um, but I just look at, look at the, look at the uh, what's this, the Wall Street, I don't know what that is, but apparently that's what they said it was. Okay. It's not me. But like, uh, is Apple's long game here to have enough originals to make people press that button and to buy the box that comes with the free subscription so that these other companies that, by the way, are famously flush with cash right now, will pay them enormous amounts of money so that... Yeah, and also it, what happens if they... I mean, just to tie it together with our earlier conversation is like, what happens if Vision Pro does become the iPod for television and it changes the way people watch TV and that's like, you know two people lying in bed or sitting in a living room and they've each got a headset on watching different things. Fucking kill me. And think about how hard it's going to be to like be like, this is the way people want to watch TV. You're going to have to get in through Apple to do that. You know, I, I, just, I just fundamentally think people do like watching things together. I just think that is, it, it, it strikes me as a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. It doesn't mean there aren't people who want to strap goggles onto their heads and leave earth entirely um <laughs> although mark zuckerberg is going is losing a lot of money did you see the zuck thing where it's like uh they had to put out a statement like his jujitsu instructor had to put out a statement to say that he in fact did not ch- choke mark zuckerberg into unconsciousness no was this on was this on the the twitter platform <laughs> no i can't remember where i saw it you know, I, I, yeah, I, I'm off Twitter. I've heard Tucker Carlson as a show, though, so I'm tempted. You know, <laughs> they're really trying to get me back. No, I was just going to say, like, I think fundamentally, like, whether it's people having parties to watch, Bravo, like, the Vanderpump reunion or whatever on, on Bravo, or it's, like, a, a company like, th- this is not really in the purview of this podcast, but as people know, I have, I'm a Nintendo guy now uh-huh. with, my, with my kids, and, like, I thought one of the smartest ads I've seen was one of the last ads for the new Zelda game, which doesn't need ads. Like, people wait six years for a Zelda game. And the ad didn't show the game. It was from the POV of the screen watching the way people played it. And almost entirely, it was people playing it together. Oh, it's like the, the horror movie where it's like... The jump scares. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's either with, like, 
there was, was there a dad and daughter playing? Yes, there was. So they take all my money. But also it was just like friends or people in public, you know, that it, Nintendo understands that that is part of its appeal, which is a zag from, I think the other gaming companies who are, who are like, you will have an optimal, uh, you know, headset with a microphone so you can scream profanities as you frag strangers all across the globe. I'm just saying, which, am I putting my thumb on the scale as to which that side I like more? more like my experience. That's you. That's, that's, that's you. Fucking. Do you play FIFA competitively with strangers? I do not. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in building a culture of my franchise. Yeah. Got you it. know, I do a lot of, of team talks. I do a lot of training. I, I'm always scouring the transfer market. I'm not interested you're, in talking to some fucking kid in Slovenia about like, like... To Ted Lasso. How is, I'm is cucked because I, I didn't, you know, make a cross. What? You're, it's the Ted Lasso vibes in that every time you play FIFA, it's weirdly like way too long. This is a pretty interesting conversation though, man, because what happens if, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about like Apple has this box that they sell that you use as an attachment to your television to mm-hmm. streamline and Appleify in terms of its design yeah. the crazy television experience. Yes. But what if the box becomes television and you put it on your head? You know what I mean? You're, you're so high right now. <laughs> what if box is television? Okay. All right. Yes. That's going to fucking be weird. You know, like what if we're still doing a podcast <laughs> and we're like, last night I threw on my Vision Pro to watch morning show season 12. I think you and the 12-year-old Slovenian who you've met online, <laughs> who's now your ward slash FIFA mate slash co-host, will be fine. I'm, I'm pivoting to yelling at clouds and, and books. <laughs> and joining me on the other line. I can't see his face except for my fake eyes staring at him. In the 32nd season of his Fiorentina career mode. <laughs> My guy Dragon. It's really nice that you think I'll still be with you when you're strapping a box to your face. <laughs> is that what's going to make you go? That's what's going to make not, me go. Not, not the idol. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. One thing you don't have to worry about cleaning up this spring season, your wireless bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. It's easy. And right now they have unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash watch. That's mintmobile.com slash watch. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Let's talk a little bit about what we've got coming for the rest of the summer or the beginning part of the summer. Okay, you've got a list, yeah. We got to the end of Succession and Barry, which we'll, I will chat about lately. Um, during our, our survey of what we saw this year. But I think it's like a really natural, both because it's June and because these, for us, totemic shows came to a conclusion mm-hmm. to kind of be like, okay, take a breath. What's coming up? What do, I'm personally really excited about a bunch of shows that are coming up. I had a funny experience, though, when I was watching Band of Brothers. And I was like, I'm deeply personally satisfied right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I didn't do this pod. Okay. Would I be as ferociously, not not like vigilant, I guess, about new shows? Because the, the coin mm-hmm. of the realm now is like, what's coming out on Friday? What's coming out on Sunday? Like, mm-hmm. what's the new thing? What's next? What's new? Because they're giving us so much, you can really, you can really only pay attention to TV that way, right? Like the, the kind of constant turning of the page. But like, if I was just a guy, and... I was like looking around last night and I was at stuff to watch. I was like, I kind of just want to watch all of Deutschland. 
Oh, you, you mean like the like 83, 83, 86, 80s. and 89. Like I just kind of want to go through and Great watch Great series, it. yeah. I only saw 83. Yeah. And I was I like... Did, I didn't watch 89. And I, but, I, but I was thinking to myself like, that would be nice. Yes. I would enjoy that. You wow. know, if somebody was like, what are you watching on TV? It's like, oh, I'm actually, every night I watch an episode this, of Deutschland. This sounds, now, who sounds middle-aged now? This well, sounds dreamy. No, I'm talking about like normal television behavior. Yes. Right? So it, it kind of impacts it sometimes where, you know, you and I are always like, okay, what's next? What do we have to watch mm-hmm. like a, a first episode of? And then like, it'll either catch us and we're like, we're going to talk about this every week or every couple of weeks. Or we kind of do a check-in and we we don't really go back to it. How dare you? Name a single show that I've only watched one episode of and never returned to. <laughs> I, I defy you. On mic. Um, that being said, here's some stuff that's coming up in the next couple oh, wait, weeks. Wait, wait, wait. So but so you're just saying you would you would prefer a normie existence? Well, I'm about to list off one, two, three, four, five, six, seven shows that will probably be at least eight to ten episodes each. Yeah. So that's about what fifty-five to sixty hours of television. I'm about to rattle you, off. You better rewatch John Wick quick. <laughs> I, 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 look, I, I, I think yes. You're speaking to a larger issue with this podcast. That maybe is this our Kai? Is this our last episode? No, <laughs> we, is, we still have to start fighting. Oh, good. Um, just that uh, most stuff isn't good. Most stuff isn't that good, and things that are good tend to be things that last. And yeah. so, yeah, it would be nice to have like. What would what would be our more our like slow core companion podcast where we just check in with things that are good that came out in the past? I think it was when we did the bureau pod in Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. so we do it concurrently. But I I totally agree with you. I and and I, first of all, everybody keep listening, keep listening. <laughs> no, but this we're episode talk about all this these episode shows in the brought to weeks. you by. But I but I but I do mean Guys, that like, that like it's on LinkedIn right now. <laughs> <laughs> Google search jobs with people who like television. Veteran television podcast producer Kai um, McMullen. I, I I think that in terms of like people's viewing hours, like yes, it, it's probably safe to say that you they would you, you would you there's a good chance you would be better served going back and watching Deutschland eighty three, eighty six, and eighty nine at your own pace. Mm-hmm. That might be a better bet than taking a flyer on the nine things we're about to name. Well, when you see me on the streets but, with my Vision Pro on. I'm speak to you in Deu- German. I'm watching Deutschland. Speak to you in fluent German. <laughs> uh, here's what we got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, June 15th, Black Mirror. Not a moment too soon. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, talk to me about this new season because I've only seen advertisements for each episode. Like they've made posters mm-hmm. for the episodes as if they are movies or as if they are distinct. I think you're seeing the uh, increasing in globalization of Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a, a fair amount of uh, American performers, um, stories from across the globe. I also think that this is a really interesting moment for this series, which I think is one of the most brilliant of the last 10 years, where we view the society through the lens of Black Mirror now. Yeah. And we are always aware that when there's ecological crises in places we didn't expect them or we're wearing fucking boxes on our heads or Dragon is is hitting me up at three in the morning to, to go go play an FA Cup match <laughs> on FIFA. He's just standing by the foot of your bed. <laughs> just staring. Please, wake up. It is time for us. Um... He uh, like I it's what is what is Black Mirror in an era where most of Black Mirrors come true, you know? Yes. So I'm I'm very excited to see it. They haven't sent out screeners, I haven't watched it yet, it, or I haven't seen anything it, of it yet. It's interesting, by the way, just to say Black Mirror has been a part of our lives now for over ten years. Mm-hmm. Still only twenty two episodes. 
which is a good thing, yeah. I think. Yeah. This new season is only five episodes. I guess my uh, Netflix, in its ability to be, I don't know if it still exists, but it did have an ability, I think, to be a pretty good uh, benefactor of certain creatives. The relationship with Charlie Brooker seems like it's been really good for all sides because they have essentially bankrolled this project, right? Like to let him make it at his pace. He still writes or co-writes every episode. I kind of wish, this is a non-Netflix thing, but I would rather have Black Mirror throughout the year. Mm -hmm. You know, like drop them over a period of five months, one every once a month over a, or over a, a, a literal season, not like a season of TV, but summer of Black Mirror as opposed to dropping all five on June 15th. But that's what Netflix does. In addition to Black Mirror, Righteous Gemstones is almost here. Yes. We need this. With Steve Zahn joining the cast. And uh, uh, is Shea Wiggum there too? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Seems to play a NASCAR driver. Great. Uh, this is one of my favorite shows on TV, so I'm obviously pretty excited for it to come back. The Bear at the end of June. Oh, you're the Bear guy? What do you mean? I'm the bear guy. That's one of our favorite shows. I didn't say that. I said Gemstones is one of my favorite shows. Oh, yeah. I was I was looking for opportunities for conflict. Do you remember on Gemstones when um, Jason Schwartzman played that guy named Thaniel? Thaniel, who's the <laughs> reporter. By the way, you're just naming people who are in Spider Verse. I don't know. Uh, Shea Wiggum, Jason Schwartzman. Shea Wiggum is in Spider Verse. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, Mahershala. It's I'm not naming them. You're naming them. Now I'm naming yeah. them because I'm like everybody we like is in this movie too. Do you consider voice acting to be like an appearance? I look, I'm saving it for Monday, but these movies have some of the best voice acting performances I've ever seen. Our guy Jakey J. I'm trying to think again. of what, what's your what's your goat voice acting performance? My personal one? Yeah. Um <laughs> Bill Irwin in Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's a really good shout. I know. He's he's really good. Um man, that I mean, you know, like it's funny. I'm going James Earl. Okay, that's good. See, yeah. here's what's great about you. You're right down the middle. Yeah. I immediately split into a binary of like the most pandering choice for like the like the real fanboys, which is Mark Hamill as the Joker in oh, Batman yeah. the Animated Series. Um, or I was gonna go Did you watch super that? no, okay. I was just pandering. Full pandering. Or I just gotta be me and be like Suzanne Plachette and spirited away. <laughs> Your okay? boy's got a new movie coming out, right? My boy. You ever going to make good on this? Miyazaki, uh, Miyazaki has a new movie. His Apparently his last movie. What did movie. you do for me that we were like, I got to do this for you? I do a podcast twice a week with yeah, you. Yeah, but like, did you watch something on my behalf? And then it was like, okay, I'll watch Miyazaki for you. Ozark? I don't remember. You watched like three episodes of Ozark. Rogue Heroes? <laughs> <laughs> you watched one episode of Rogue Heroes. I don't remember it that way. I don't recollect that. Uh, I, I just wanted to say, do you aware of the Miyazaki, his last movie is yeah, coming out? No promo. No promo. Yeah. No trailer. No... Uh, no press. Yeah. Just fucking dropping in theaters. Yeah. Can't wait. Bear comes out at the end of June. Our favorite show. Yeah. Together. It's going to be great. Uh, Secret Invasion. This has been your thing. This has been your, this is like, this is your The weekend in the <laughs> MCU. In something that you just really have dialed in on and you love. I think of all the conflicts, both fictional and real, that we faced as, in the course of our lives, uh -huh. like as a human race. The Kree and the Skrull are the one that really is the most interesting to me. Always. Always. No, no. I mean, of all... Both of those races mm -hmm. of aliens mm -hmm. can shapeshift. Am I right? No. Okay. So that's your first mistake. <laughs> Do you think, though, as an impartial observer uh -huh. uh, in the larger conflict, you're wearing one of those blue UN hats as you go into the sector of space where, sure. the, where the fighting, the hot zone. 
do you just feel like so the scrolls can turn into anything at any time? Yeah. And the Kree are blue. Oh, okay. And they're tough fighters or whatever. But don't so you the think Kree that gives always the advantage? have to like hide? Right. So are, are you saying the Kree are shook? <laughs> I'm just asking. Like Ben Mendelsohn then is a say it. Uh, crawl. Scroll. Scroll. Crawl, I believe, was an early 80s. That, that movie rocks. Did it? Yeah. It's it? really good. That okay. dude has like a little, like a five pointed star thing. Yeah. There was a video, there was an arcade cabinet. He was, he was awesome. Okay. Yeah. So the Cree fighting the scrolls, fans of Crawl, the film. Um, okay. So you, or break down why Secret Invasion is interesting to you. Because it, it, for like a brief moment watching the trailer, it did actually look like an espionage thriller, which I know fooled me 500 times. <laughs> yeah. I should throw but, myself off the cliff, but. It just did look like kind of a cool thriller. Also, it's Olivia Coleman. Yeah. And it's been a minute for Sam Jackson. Yeah. I, do you feel like he's, he's been just thinking about different like? Different it's been a minute for Kobe Smulders. To paint. Where is she in the, in the org chart at S.H.I.E.L.D. now? I would imagine she's pretty high. But, you know, to your point, number one and two on the call sheet at S.H.I.E.L.D. went away for five years. And when they came <laughs> back, do you think their office was waiting for them? I think they had shifted to a more uh, remote work. Kinda. I think, yes. And I also think WFH that for S.H.I.E.L.D.? I think interim S.H.I.E.L.D. director Chris Licht had actually taken <laughs> his, put his desk in a whole different part of, of the... Um, Good one. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, the Secret Invasion thing, it's not just that it's been a minute for Sam Jackson as America's favorite, oh, it's that guy, Nick Fury. Um, there hasn't been a Marvel TV show this year. I, that's probably going to be reflected in you leaving three honorary slots blank in your top five. Do you but, think that they've been, they've just been in the woodshed just like making sure this one's dude, totally dialed? I think woodshed. I think some <laughs> executives have been taken to the woodshed. I feel like it, it's just a bad look all around because they put out way too much stuff. Uh-huh. And then they were like, okay, let's pull back and put out nothing. I'll tell you something. I did not feel the absence of Marvel this year. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Because the question, did you finish Moon Knight, really isn't about watching Moon Knight. For me, it's just more, it's a, it's a much larger question. Yeah. Like about what we're like doing. Like want to have our, a catch, Dad? <laughs> that kind of thing? No, it's just like Ethan Hawke's too busy to have a catch because he's walking around the volume <laughs> pretending to be Egypt. Oscar Isaac, Spider-Verse. The other shows that are coming out, aside from that, The Gold, which is a real CR and Andy uh, Predator handshake meme. Show. Okay, yeah, talk about uh, it. Jack Loudon from uh, Slow Horses stars. This was on BBC last year, but it's coming to Paramount Plus, and it is about a gold heist, uh, I think in the late 70s in England. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Justified City Primeval. Yeah, this is, this is, I'm pretty interested in this. The sort of, it's not a reboot or anything, it's just an extension of, of Justified, a series that ended several years ago, and is one of my beloveds. And this is an adaptation of a of an Elmer Leonard novel that absolutely fucking rocks. It's basically it is called High Noon in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Boyd Holbrook, who this is it. This is this is the summer of Holbrook. I, I, I've been getting lots of calls from my financial advisor mm-hmm. saying, "Are you sure you want to be this long on Boyd?" Mm-hmm. And now we've got Dial of Destiny mm-hmm. and Justified coming within weeks of one another. So we're gonna find out. Are you bullish on Dial of Destiny? Um, not, not quality. Like, is this movie going to, Oh, you, is, is it, it going to do it, well? Is it gonna I had this really weird experience coming home yesterday from LAX and I saw the ad, like the billboard yes. was outside of the Regal that's down on Olympic outside of LA live. Yep. 
And I was like, that's really fucking weird to see the Indiana Jones font, like, in 2023. I was inside that building. Oh, seeing Spider-Verse? Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned I'd seen it. Um, so <laughs> With Harrison Ford and Spider-Verse. Seeing, <laughs> no, but I bet, I bet we could do two or three degrees. Um, wait, so you're saying it was weird seeing the font? Yeah, like I was just like, are we sure? Are we sure? Like, like, that's, like that's, that's, I'm, I'm open to it. James Mangold, awesome director. No, I, Phoebe, love it. Mads, love it. Boyd, love it. It's like all the pieces. They classed it up. It makes a lot of sense. I don't um, like seeing CGI indie. No, me either. Not, and, not, and, and the, not de-aged indie. I just mean like Indiana Jones doing stunts that are like yep. obviously digitized. I'm not not a big fan of. Also, the poster a million percent looks like a video game in mm-hmm. the sense that like they can't even show. They're showing all the iconography, but they're not showing the 80-year-old man underneath the hat, really. And it kind of... There, you remember, like when you, when we would well, well, Bill does this, like the, you know the czar of common sense, and I feel like you've done this a couple times with with your Jonas era, uh, take the head, take the glasses off Hollywood yeah. fixer. It's really kind of like an are we sure guy, and so much money spent on this movie, and so much money investing in really good talent and trying to make it the classiest. The really. Butterworth brothers wrote <laughs> that shit, but not Those just one; are... they paid for two. Yeah, but also trying to. I think the proof of concept is Top Gun Maverick in the sense that, like, if you make a movie that's about nostalgia for a movie, you can bank forever. I definitely think that you are right there. So, but my question is, this does strike me as a prime Are We Sure candidate because at the end of the day, I'm like, this is an iconic character 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if, I don't know, I don't know if enough of the American movie going public is like, this is what I go to the movies for now. Or, or, you know, I'm not sure if the rest home will let me out in time to see it. I also does seem like you're pretty naive if you think that, like, for instance, for, like, Ashoka is coming out, too. That was the other, the last one after Justified. And um, mm-hmm. I would venture a guess to say that the people who are excited about that show coming on are probably huge fans of the animated series. Mm-hmm. And if anything, probably like the prequels more than the original trilogy. You know, like our like that, that generation. generationally, like that's where we're yeah. at. And I don't know that indie has ever kind of like rebirthed, like or had a new generation of fans. Like I think it's just guys like us who are like, he's going to run away from that boulder. You know? Yeah, and it is a very. I think that's a really good point. I think I think that the the, I mean, Top Gun Maverick is such a maybe maybe unique achievement because it just ticked every box and made sense in so many different ways. Also, Tom Cruise, and this is weirder than CGI is still Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And so there is a, multiple generations of people who are like, yeah, that guy just runs and does crazy stuff. And that's what we like to see in the movie theater. I think that holding up Indiana Jones as a paragon of like what we thought these movies should be, blockbusters should be, which broadly speaking was like not that frequent, hearkening back to a generation before ours, because that's what the filmmakers were doing. Like Star Wars was based on Flash Gordon, right? And, and Indiana Jones was inspired by pulp novels and stuff. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't see the through line. I don't know. I don't, I, this part of the podcast where I just prognosticate about the box office of movies that haven't come out yet, maybe this isn't our strongest lane, but I find it interesting. Of the shows that I've mentioned, Black Mirror, Gemstones, The Bear, Secret Invasion, The Gold, Justified, and Ashoka, what are you most excited about? The Bear. Yeah. Like, it's, it's number one, The Bear, and then we could take a space bar, space bar, space bar for a while. Not to say that I'm not excited about the other ones that you mentioned that I'm, and I will check them out. But the bear is a TV show, man. Like the, the bear is 
the best or one of the top two best shows of last year. It was a total joy. It was a total surprise. And I'm so excited because everyone's excited. It's really cool that it's back. I'm so glad we didn't have to wait like two years for this thing to come back. That's what's coming. Let's talk a little bit about where what we've seen so far this year. You you got a little jumpy when I was like, let's do a best of TV. I was. Because outside of the top two, Succession Barry, you don't seem enamored with what you've seen this year. I think it's okay to say that. I don't think anybody's going to be like yeah, a I, fucking hating ass hater. I mean, I think there are um, huge gaps, which I feel responsible for. Like, I... I went on this mic and said, Drops of God is a show made for me. And you didn't watch it. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. I'm going to. I'm really excited about it, but I have not watched it. So my hope is that it would be on my list. You're waiting on Vision Pro so that you can feel... I want to feel the drops (laughs) on my face. (laughs) On your eyeballs. I'd be like, sir. On your face eggs. Sir, I have have (laughs) wine pouring out of my eyes. Yep. Uh, Oh, face eggs. You watched Succession. I did. People, People are saying you didn't. People know that I did. I just spoke to Jesse Armstrong knowingly about what happened in the finale. Yeah. Did you? I loved the finale. I don't know. I, I, I actually, it's one of those funny things. It's like almost like a, a playoff game. It's like after the 24 hours, do you, you want me to go back and be like, remember that part when Tom did that? That was fucking great. I, I mean, I think our... Everything our clicked on that. I okay. did, it it okay. ultimately, like, I, I don't think I, I... I think if anything, like, I understand Shiv kind of more of thinking about it more and more, which I know is like a cloudy, cloudy idea for some people of like, why'd she change her mind? And it's like, when you go back and watch those last 15 minutes again, it's pretty obvious where and why she changes her, mm-hmm. her mind. Uh, so Succession and Barry. Yep. Barry, I think I loved the season itself. I think I enjoyed and, and, and really thought was like a thoughtful, creative execution of the finale. Sometimes with shows... Like Barry had to end. Like Barry had like I think Barry like had made that turn, especially mm-hmm. at the end of last season of him going to prison, that there needed to be this kind of endgame. And it's really, really fascinating to watch that and think about it as a projection of like haters' artistic vision, because mm-hmm. he's also the star, right? So like he's putting himself as an actor. He's also the the director of his his own performance and the direct and the writer of mm-hmm. his own character arc. I got to go back and listen to you and Sean. Did you love the finale? I did. But I also just, as I've said, like, I just loved this. I loved the show and I loved this season and what he tried to do and what he accomplished and just how bold it was. Yeah. I, I just, I loved it. I mean, I'm, I, I will be more serious and rigorous about this at the end of the year. But like when I was just scribbling out this year, I have Barry number one in succession at like one A or two mm-hmm. just because of. See, and this is not necessarily fair. It's just more that like Succession as a season of TV, as a season of TV, because Succession this was Succession has had basically three sterling seasons. I haven't gone back and run back the tape and been like, well, actually, two is a little bit better than three or whatever. But it's been very, very, very consistent. I'm giving Barry the nod, almost like because here's the thing: like Succession won two MVPs in a row, and do you really want to vote for the same person? Three so times? Barry's Embiid. Barry's Embiid. Subjective, subjective favorite for me. So here's some other shows that I have that are in, I think, in the conversation. Okay. I don't know how many of these might will make it to the end of the year. Yeah. You know, as a as a top ten fodder, but I've spoken about how much I love Jury Duty. I know that you wasn't really for you, but I have that pretty high in terms of like, felt very original, felt very fresh, mm-hmm. really adored its its sensibility, 
I thought it was just like kind of like a really just wonderful tonic of a TV show. Beef, people can go back and, and listen to my conversation with Sonny and Jake, uh, the guys who who made that show. But even when Beef felt overlong to me, episodically, I never got bored and I always thought it was like really, really, really trying to do something different. Yeah. And I really admire the two central performances at the center of it because they're not, um, they're not easy, you know? Like they are like, Steven Yeun and, and Ali Wong really put themselves out there in a way that I think a lot of performers now are like, what's like the thing where I come out in the end and like everybody thinks very highly of me? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's how I live my life. But like, you so, know, do you know what I mean? Like I do yeah, think I do. that like- People want to people look good. Yeah. And they like those two characters are very very complicated I, and very very fucked up. The, and this I, is I kind of, that was a really refreshing thing for me to see. I haven't watched it. That's it's not okay. I if I if I want to have a serious opinion about the year, I have to watch it. That that came out. It it's not an NBA playoff analogy. That but that came out when I was traveling and then I didn't catch. Yeah, up. and that's fine. Uh, Poker Face we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it feels like a last year show somehow, but like it, it was this yeah. year. Um, Daisy Jones. Daisy Jones is on my list. I just pure old school TV pleasure. I just really enjoyed having that show in my life and watching it week to week. And I, I, I will continue to say that like its depiction of a, a moment of creativity was really, really brilliantly done and 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 meaningful. I think that to to take something as ineffable as like two people suddenly sparking, yeah, and devoting the resources to it that that like HBO devoted to the Battle of the Bastards, like I'm into that. I think I, I'm into TV doing that. That's a good, that's a good summation of, of its qualities. Uh, I have Copenhagen Cowboy here. Oh yeah, that was this year. That was fun. I mean, is it TV? I don't, yeah, I don't know, but I, there's only one it, ref in that. But, when you were in Europe, were people coming up to you on the street and saying, Monsieur, Monsieur, <laughs> tears in their eyes. Like, thank you for talking about our Friends or the Office, Copenhagen Cowboy. Uh huh. Like, no. does, is is that <laughs> is that what people like over there? They weren't. No. Um, Mrs. Davis. Yeah, Mrs. Davis should be on a list. Yeah, and then two HBO shows, Last of Us and Perry Mason. Perry Mason, it was just reported, will not be returning for a third season. Should we? Do you think this can't? This affects our plans with Matthew because I, I feel like I think so. The, Andy's referring to our pitch to Matthew Reese that we do a twenty-four hour seven days a week Perry Mason mm-hmm. dedicated feed called AM to the PM mm-hmm. that's just about Perry Mason. Yeah. Some might say Perry Mason's cancellation mm. throws a, a wrench in the in the works when it comes to those plans. I, uh, I disagree. I, I disagree. I, if I, anything, we now have closure. More than we that. We can talk it, about the totality of the experience. If anything, we have Matthew Reese's full and undivided attention. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's um, right. I I almost don't want to go back to that well because there have been there have been there haven't been that many guests over the eleven or twelve years of this podcast that I just felt like would be available to hang again mm-hmm. to the degree that he was and maybe he's just a charming guy. I think it was the way he made us feel. He made no, I'm saying he made us feel great. Yeah. Last of Us grown or shrunk in your estimation since it's airing? Held, held steady. Okay. I think I. I I enjoyed having it week to week. I continued to be like, this was just an incredibly thoughtfully and well-made show. Finally gave us an excuse to watch Chernobyl. So if if, if it did nothing else, yeah. it's a masterpiece. <laughs> You're right. Um, I, 
I, I think in retro, like as we move past it, I think the highs, and particularly, you know, the third episode that everyone points to, were really spectacular. It's oh, interesting that that was the third episode, and then it was the third episode of Succession was the plane. Yeah, that's everybody's. Everybody chose the same zag this Three year. is the new penultimate episode. Mm-hmm. Three is the new nine. Yeah, when a new series comes out from David Simon and Pelicanos writes the third episode, look out, <laughs> especially if you're high in the call sheet. No, I, I think for it's, it's good. That's my takeaway. Some observations for me about our list. Yeah, can I add um, two other things that were of course on, you can. on mine? Because, um, you know, I've, I've been watching a lot of TV. TV. And not yesterday, because I went to the movies. Uh, otherwise, just see if you can see if you can finish this one out. Um, <laughs> just get shaky. Uh, so, a hundred foot wave is not. We're, oh, we're, we're considering fuck. like narrative TV. Or are we not? Well, that's the thing. I is it's it. like Top Chef. I, I, you know, I enjoyed Traders. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, but hundred foot wave is my favorite thing I watched this year. Like, yeah, like I like these characters. Did you finish more it? Than, not yet. I'm I'm savoring it. I'm savoring it on my on my off brand VR headset. <laughs> Which is, I just take two toilet paper rolls and I just watch through them. It's weird. <laughs> and I have cuts on my face, but, you know, I really feel connected to the ocean. Yeah, 100 foot uh, wave. Um, have you dipped into the new season of I Think You Should Leave yet? No. It's fucking funny. Is it? It's... I got a little Twittered out on that show. It's, not not oh, nothing against that show. Oh, you should consider leaving the platform. It's, uh, it's so... I'm on the platform to tweet out our links. Do you do that still? Intermittently. Like, okay. I don't think it's a very consistent okay. comms plan. Um, Carolina can help you out with that, I think. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, it's just, it, it's so funny that I can't watch it all. Like, I, I watched the first two of the new season back-to-back, which is just like 28 minutes. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, I, I was laughing so hard that it felt like an involuntary muscular attack in my body. And I was worried. Like, I, I was just, because it just kept... You're so suffused in how fucking absurd it is that I kind of, I lost it. Yeah. It's real funny. I've never seen you laugh that hard. I, no one has, and no one will. Okay. Uh, this is not, I'm not so, going to, that's a show I would watch on my headset then, because I don't want other people to see what's happening to me. Was there anything else besides those two? No, I think that's it. There's a couple of things here. Was Slow Horses this year? Slow Horses 2, or did that, was that the end uh, of last year? It was end of last year, I think. It, that show is just as like, it's just like the thermostat, man. It's just there. One second, let me check. Yeah, that was it was December. Okay. Here's some other things that we thought were cool. Uh, we talked about briefly here and there. Lucky Hank. Uh, oh, yeah, that would not be on my list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> duly noted. <laughs> what, what do you want me to say? Um, I, I, we, I, it's funny. We talked about Lucky Hank, and I was just like, woof. And then you were like, woof, question that mark? That was the beginning. And then, and then I looked at, in order to prepare for this podcast. I didn't say woof, question mark. I, I was no, like, that, I enjoyed this show. I was just, I didn't want to put words in your mouth, you know, because you hadn't seen The Idol yet. So I wanted to make sure that you had it <laughs> properly ranked. But then I went back through, like, the, our podcast of the year and just looking at the, the titles, you know, and, and, and Kaya, who is just the master masseuse at this, that episode is called Lucky Hank and the Pleasures of Soft TV. And I was like, I was not soft in my one episode assessment of that show. I also have uh, Great Expectations here. Oh, I never checked it out. That was dope. Kind of grimy, though. Yeah. It's funny that Ted Lasso and Yellow Jackets and some shows that we've talked about over the years did not warrant much conversation on this podcast. I don't think it's that funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> it's a little it's funny. not not funny. It's not as funny as the second episode of I Think You Should Leave Season 3. Um, Kunk on Earth. Oh, my God. That's a great show. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for reminding me of that. Why did we stop talking about Party Down? I guess 
I guess there's really not a ton to say other than it was fun. Yeah, I think that I, I didn't know what else to say about it. I think that it, if if the mandate was let's do more party down a few years later, it cleared that bar gladly and happily. And I don't even mean that with any like venom in my voice. I just feel like we got more of something. It was awesome. I don't think it was. What did disruptor say? It wasn't iterating. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's right. Other than that, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. There's you know, the Night Court reboot. We liked talking about that for an episode. I mean, did you, like, here's the thing. When we we get together now in person and we record these podcasts and we talk about stuff, and then apparently I go home and I do other things, and you go home and you keep fucking grinding. Yeah. And you watch more of these shows. You rewatch movies from the recent past. You keep it moving. You, you have a just punishing FIFA schedule <laughs> with your 12-year-old. Um, did you watch, like, do you, do you and Phoebe cuddle up and watch the latest Night Court? No, no. I, I mean, I, I, tr- Is it I, tr- you're I sampled angry it. about the water. No, <laughs> Phoebe didn't and I. I think you know this about us. Yeah. To calm down, to come down from a, a hard day work. Yeah. And and a furious three course meal that we prepare every evening. <laughs> it's a furious <laughs> <Yeah>. meal. <laughs> because she didn't bring you water. I want to like, revisit that, we that. Yeah. Decelerate is we watch an episode of Law and Order SVU. You've never said this before yeah, publicly. Every single night. No, no. I, I was like, yes, we know, I was like, yes, we know the story, Chris. But I thought it was like we watch a classic multicam sitcom. No, every single night now we watch an episode of Law and Order SVU. Since when? Probably last year. Okay. Oh, so it is new. Yeah. I, I didn't know this. Does it make you feel calm? Nostalgic for New York, yeah. It, also, does it make you feel better knowing that the special criminals <laughs> are being put away? Like that that, that not that always though. I thought every episode they ended uh, up behind bars. Sometimes it ends on like a little bit of an amb- ambiguous note. Do you, especially when someone's cl- claiming insanity and it's like, was he? Oh, and then it goes dun dun. Yeah. But like a little bit of ambiguous minor key version. Yeah. You, so is it the same time every night? Like eleven fifteen. Yeah. Do you ring a bell? Like how do you signal we're just, that it's like, time we're, for? We're done. I've, I've applied all my night creams, you know, and then it's time <laughs> to fire up SVU. How many? The best shit about SVU, can yeah. I just say, is yeah. when you think it's about one thing and then in like 20 yeah. minutes, it's like about something else. The best thing about SVU for me or any Law & Order is still that like, despite being investigated by these cops for over 20 years, the people, the good people of New York still think it's more important to keep stacking their file boxes <laughs> when the cops are there. <laughs> like it is still the greatest yeah. thing that they're just, they're still busy. Wait, do you, are you doing it from the beginning? Uh, like we are, are, we are right one? now in like the season four or five era. But Did like you start we, with season one? No. Because that those aren't available on, on Peacock. I, it, it, Yeah, we jump around a little bit. Okay. But it, you know, also, also, like a lot of them kind of run together where you're like, didn't we see this already? Can you imagine? Hasn't Helen Slater been on this show before? They all, yeah, they yeah. repeat. But like, can you imagine the coverage in of like 2023 news media if New York it just had this epidemic of sex crimes <laughs> the, the degree that the show suggested it did. That's not funny. It's not funny. Like, no, because like, oh, it's okay to be like, a lot of people got murdered in Jessica Fletcher's backyard. Right. But like, man. Yeah. It's gnarly. That was the original name of that show. Do you know that? Law it's and Order Sex Crimes. No, it wasn't. Was yes, it? it was. It didn't well, ever. Well, SVU really rolls off the tongue better. I'm glad I don't have to be at like. At the last minute, they were like. My hmm. wife and I love watching sex crimes <laughs> at the end of the night. With that, that's just what people do in these coastal I'm off to cities. go see a Spider-Man cartoon. Andy, it's been... Don't welch on this. So refreshing to be in the studio with you. Don't welch. You're going to go see it, right? I'm definitely going to see it. I'm going to see it like 3 o'clock today. 
watch. So how much time do you have to unless, watch the first one? Unless Bill needs me. Uh, oh, all right. So there's a caveat. Kaya, the best in the biz, uh, on her last show with us. She- <laughs> <laughs> Kaya does have a resume open. I'm not sure. If um, and we'll be back on Monday for Across the Universe. Nope. Into the Spider-Verse. Across the Spider-Verse. Nailed it. And Top Chef finale. Yeah, it's going to be And Little Idols episode two talk. Are you, are you ready to go? You want the smoke? Yeah. Okay. We have to continue this debate. Yeah, it's it, not just one conversation. No, that's true. That's the problem. The problem is that it's an ongoing conversation. It's not like what Chris Licht was trying to do with CNN. Okay? There's nuance to this. Bye-bye. Goodbye.